The dust has settled from the 2023 Auburn football regular season. We are on the cusp of what could be the busiest and most important month ever. But there's kind of that limbo period, and I think we are right there in it. And that is what we're going to talk about today on this episode of the Auburn Daily Show and or podcast, depending on where you are checking us out at. If you are, check us out all the podcast meeting. We want to thank you for that. Make sure to like and subscribe. If you're on YouTube, we appreciate you there checking us out. And make sure to, if you don't already, like, subscribe. And, you know, this this is the challenge for today. Tell somebody about the show because we got some really awesome content coming up. But speaking of awesome content, we have our awesome guest with us, writer for AuburnDaily.com, Andrew Stefaniak, back with his weekly segment. Welcome to today's show. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm good. We got basketball tonight. Um, I'm in a good mood. It's a good day today. That's how I am. Yeah, it was definitely need a few days. Yeah. And it wasn't just for the Iron Bowl. I think it was for the whole season. Mm-hmm. And I waited to put out. I, I didn't do an episode yesterday just because I felt like there's so much stuff moving and shaking. I didn't want to talk about stuff. Just <clears throat> kind of revolving conversation topics that have just kind of been at nauseum. Didn't want to talk about the Iron Bowl anymore. Definitely didn't want to talk about New Mexico State. Because we're putting all that behind us. And I think that's going to be a good theme of what today's episode is really going to be. It's going to be, how do we sort of take the best of the season and move forward and get the worst of it and just kind of lump this back and say, this is now officially in the past. Because I think what really happened, really I would say from 2018, really through this year, is Auburn definitely kind of had this hole that they had been in. And for the longest time, it had really felt like Anytime Auburn would have holes, they would always bounce back really quick. It was never Auburn was never that team that would kind of get stuck in a rut and just dig deeper and just spin the wheels. And really, I would say from 18 to this past year, minus a few high points in 2019, there really wasn't a whole lot else. And I guess you go to two or three games in 2021, but that was nothing that was really building. It was more of just a flash in a pan. And I think it uh, really kind of culminated with last year and what kind of at times felt like this year is like, is Auburn really going to get out of this in the moment? Now, you can look forward and feel optimistic, but my thing about looking forward is until pen hits paper, till guys get on campus, till guys develop, till guys hit the field, till they stay, et cetera, et cetera, we're not there yet. So this season, I would say there were some things that were good and in the right direction. I think there was definitely a lot that – the players and coaches left on the table, elephant in the room, New Mexico State. But the season's over with now, Andrew. What do, what do, what do Auburn fans have to do? And I guess from just like an emotional standpoint to just not only this season, but the last few years, just turn the page on that and say all eyes moving forward. I just think there's two things that should bring excitement to Auburn fans right now. Thing one would be I think this is going to be a really fun portal period opening up. It's the, I believe the Monday after the conference championship. So Monday, whatever that is, the fifth, I'll tell you the exact day. Um, Monday, the fourth should be the day the portal opens. If I, um, I believe that's going to be fun. Signing days coming up. I believe that's December, like 20th, 21st, 22nd, 20. Yeah. Supposedly that's when Cam, supposedly that's when Cam Coleman is officially going to be announcing wherever he's going. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I, I just think I, I think I've seen a lot of people 
that have been quick. And, I, and it's like, I'll give you an example. I have, let's do this. You know what? This is going to be great. I'm going to, so I have a buddy of mine who lives in Lexington. He's a big Auburn fan, right? Um, and I've been seeing his, his tweets about Auburn these last couple of days, and they're just insane. And this is what you don't want to be. You, so here's a tweet. I'm not going to say his name. We'll, we'll, we'll save him that. But he tweets, reminder to all Auburn fans who think this year was a step in the right direction. Our team was worse than 22, beat nobody with the winning record, and lost to a group of five team by three touchdowns and still can't recruit at the level to compete in the SEC. So that guy, aside from being a non-ball knower, um, is just – the point there is Auburn fans need to look at this recruiting and say, this is moving in the right direction. Transfer portal. I think freeze. I'm going to be honest. I think he swung and missed on Peyton Thorne. I think that's a topic you can debate. I do like memes. If you disagree with me on that, that's something we could debate on a later show. I think I, I, I definitely, Thorne, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I mean, for what he was expected to do and what he did, I, I think it's a, I think even your most conservative estimates of what Peyton Thorne should have been at Auburn, he fell short of. I think the only debate there is going to be a chicken or the egg. Was it really Thorne or was it yeah. the receivers and the play calling and the coaching and the development? He didn't get a spring. But regardless, the the reasons are what they are. The results are the results. And the results are <clears throat> for the regular season, he only had 1,671 yards. So he – he beat what Robbie Ashford did by last year by like maybe I think forty yards. Yeah. So and now yes, his completion percentage. Yeah, I mean his completion percentage was a little bit better, <clears throat> but I mean he had fifteen touchdowns, nine interceptions. Robbie was seven and seven last year. Now this isn't a compare Peyton to to Robbie deal, but I mean fifteen and nine isn't exactly a stat line you're really hanging your, your hat on. And I mean, 1600 yards is that is, that's definitely not something that Auburn is going to be able to do consistently to compete. So, yeah, I mean, I think the numbers speak for themselves and, you know, I'm not going to say that this is a hundred percent on Peyton Thorne, but it definitely, I, I think you can't argue that as of right now, he is a miss. Yeah. So I, my, my point there is I think he was a swing and a miss. I don't think Hugh Freeze is going to swing and miss on talent development on or on talent, you know, whether it's looking at, at players in the portal or high school recruits. I believe that he is not going to swing and miss often. One reason I say that, look who he's put in the NFL. Right? I mean, look look at the players that he recruited at Ole Miss in, in the NFL. I mean, at Liberty, he was never going to be able to recruit the type of players. He's not going to be able to recruit a DK Metcalf or an A.J. Brown at Liberty. He did, you know, have a DeMario Douglas, the guy that's up uh, looking good for the Pats as a rookie right now. But my point is I trust in Hugh Freeze to recruit and develop talent. When he starts well, bringing in a Perry Thompson, potentially a Cam Coleman, a Walker White, this is going to take off. I don't. I think that he had. I, I used this term on the show before, uh, but uh, you know, uh, uh, ragtag misfit toys. A lot of times, that is what you're getting from the transfer portal. You're not always getting Corvettes. You know, sometimes you might get a 1940s Mazda. You know what I mean? If Mazda, well, he's made it in the 40s. Yeah, I mean, Hughes has made it very clear that he wants to build <clears throat> the class from high, uh, build his classes and yeah. his talent from a high school foundation. Now the portal can most definitely be a tool to 
fill in gaps. Maybe you have somebody who didn't pan out. Maybe you have a position yeah. group that was really good and you had a bunch of guys go to the NFL sooner than expected and you need to fill some spots of the portal. That's great. But it's not something that you're going to be building a team with and expecting positive results often. Yeah. Now, I do want to I do want to kind of throw this this curveball at you here talking about the seasons of change that Auburn is having now. So last year, put the season behind us, new coach. It was very easy to kind of compartmentalize of that was Harson capped off of the high point of the Cadillac interim time. We're moving on to brighter things. I, I think a lot of people felt like seven, maybe eight wins was on the table. And really, I mean, in hindsight, it, it really was. I mean, they, this team – I, I do believe a few small things go differently, and then you really could be sitting at eight wins and feeling a lot better. But alas, they didn't. The talent deficiencies or whatever, those margin of victory one way or another things will slip, and then you're sitting at six, which I think by most standards is a disappointment from record-wise. And I've said this numerous times. To say if it's a success or rebuilding or a foundation establishing, it's all said in hindsight. Because you can't say that this year was a successful year, a step in the right direction, things like that. I think a lot of people want to believe until you actually see in the future that a step in the right direction was made. I think a lot of people feel good about that. I think there's a lot of reasons to still believe that that is very much the case. But until it happens, you can't say without a doubt that it has been. But what advantage they have going into this year versus this time last year is this time last year, Hugh Freeze was hiring staff on top of trying to rebuild a roster and getting to know his roster and getting established already. that's all done now he's got that so there's going to be some staff turnover sure they do have bowl practices which is not a bad thing but they're going to have a lot better of a foundation to kind of get this stuff rolling than they did a year ago this time which i think bodes them very very well it's going to help with just obviously you know you got your high school recruiting but also your portal recruiting as well that hopefully they can snag as many as those guys that they need early so you can get them in get them ready for spring and have them for all spring and then just cap off depth pieces at the end of spring now i do think the one the one thing that is um most definitely going to be a challenge for them is going to be they don't know who all is leaving yet and obviously Hugh Freeze has commented on that numerous times but that's going to be the that's going to be a big thing for the portal but another one i want, I want to kind of hit you with here is I kind of said this beginning of the season. Okay, and I want, I want to kind of get your take on this. I had said after the Cal game, I said the honeymoon phase with Hugh Freeze is over. Now, before people clip this acting like I'm trying to rag on Freeze, a honeymoon phase does not mean a relationship and or marriage is over. It doesn't mean it's done. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just means the everything is sunshine, butterflies, and rainbows is over. We're, we're in the hard aspects of it. Marriages are tough. They can be great. Doesn't mean they're easy. And that may same deal with coaching and all that. The games are happening. It's not just because before that, really, for the most part, everything was happy. Everybody was on cloud nine. And we're going to call a spade a spade here. There were a lot of fans that got a little lost in the sauce and started booging a little too hard. It came down to reality. Now, I said that early. I think a lot of people were still riding the wave. But most definitely, once we kind of got into the thick of it with that four-game losing stretch in the middle, I think a lot of people kind of got grounded in reality. And I think that kind of brings us to where we are right now. But let me ask you this question, Andrew. At what point of the season would you say, oh, the honeymoon phase ended here? I mean, 
in all honesty, I just think the season went went so chalk until that New Mexico State game that mm-hmm. I I mean I didn't think Auburn was going to beat Texas a and I didn't think they were going to beat Ole Miss. I didn't think that they were going to beat um, you know I I didn't think they were going to beat Bama. I didn't think they were going to beat Georgia. I didn't think that was in the cards. I did think they beat New Mexico State. So I think a lot of people, you know, we want rebuilds to happen now. We want to be there now. Sometimes, like, sometimes this stuff does take time. I look at this, and I so my answer to your question is, personally, I think it's that New Mexico State game. Because I they weren't supposed to win those football games. They weren't there yet. The talent wasn't there. I think they swung and missed on quarterback a little bit. I just don't think the team was where we kind of anticipated it being at this point, um, you know, because of some uh, swing and miss on Peyton Thorne. And and the people, I agree that the receivers are part of it too. Receivers are a big deal. No question there. I'm just a big believer mm-hmm. that Peyton Thorne wasn't good and isn't good and isn't the future, which is why a, you know, who entered the portal about an hour ago, Grayson McCall. Go. McCall, who is now a grad transfer, and we don't have to worry about whatever his degree is. Um, now, I know McCall didn't have statistically his best year, but I still, I've seen the tape. I believe in who he is. Um, well, there's a lot of good guys coming in the portal, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact you got that COVID year in there. Yeah. So you just have an abundance of quarterbacks. You got abundance going to the NFL. So a lot of guys like a McCall who could dabble with going pro are not going to try to compete with all the other quarterbacks. So it's kind of a you have a lot of quarterneck bottlenecking because you've got a lot of like COVID super seniors in there. And I mean that who want to try to mix it up and get one last two rye out there. And I think that bodes very well for Auburn. So this is kind of a, a lucky draw for them because I think worst case if Peyton stays, assuming he improves moderately with talent around him, you got a pretty high floor, but then you could bring somebody in there to compete with them and or beat him out. Then you got a much higher floor. Yeah. And I, I just think, what frustrates me, you know, is I think fans fans need to remember what 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 this is about. What what loving Auburn and being part of the Auburn family and loving Auburn athletics is about is part of being on being on the ride, being on the journey. And I mean, it's not easy in this day and age of college football to take the roster that Brian Harson handed to Hugh Freeze and say. Yeah, go win nine games. Go win eight games. I know that people, you know, everybody, and it's funny, I see people all the time, you know, uh, Zach always posts those, who's going to win the game. Everybody always says Auburn's going to beat everybody, no matter what, because that's what fans, that's what we do. We have unrealistic expectations. But I think at some point, people need need to just appreciate, you know, the rye that's going to come with Hugh Freeze. I've seen a lot of people already saying Hugh Freeze is, we got to think about getting ready to Hugh Freeze. I, generally, it's like, I am not kidding. I've seen so many people, is it satire? I don't know. But at the end of the day, I believe the roster he was handed was just not where it needs to be to compete with the Georgia now and an Alabama. Teams that you unfortunately have to play every single season because that's what Auburn has to do. So, I guess my point here is people need to give this guy time. I'm just such a believer in Hugh Freeze and his vision for this program and where he's going to take this program that in this recruiting class he's got coming in. I think, you know, I think he swung and missed on Peyton Thorne. I'm not going to argue that. I think that happened. But I believe in in Walker White. I believe in what he's going to do in the future. 
And that's just where he's got to take this thing eventually. So while right now people might be unhappy with the season, might be unhappy with this loss to New Mexico State, I get it. No question you should be unhappy with the loss to New Mexico State. It was it was horrible. But I just believe in the direction that Hugh Freeze has taken this program, and, and I think fans need to give him time and trust in him to build this team from where it is to where it's going to be in the future. Yeah, and it's tough because I, I kind of want to tread, you know, I, I tread a, a thin line here. One part of it is the season you had, obviously, this the unprecedented loss to New Mexico State. I think my video has mm. gone out, but I'm still here. You had the unprecedented loss to New Mexico State. Then you follow that with just an absolutely heartbreaking, gut-wrenching loss to Alabama that in a game that Auburn could have won multiple different ways. And Auburn just handed it to him on a silver platter. That just that definitely kind of shakes the emotions. And kind of where I'm at with this is it is what it is with all that. <clears throat> and the only way for this team and this fan base everybody to move forward is put that in the rearview mirror. Keep supporting the team. If you have the if you have the availability, look it on to victory. Give them a few bucks a month because what's gonna I don't think they're I don't think they're uh too shy in mentioning how much that can help make a difference for the growth of this program. And <clears throat> you're seeing what's happening with other schools who aren't wanting to or coaches more so in schools that aren't really wanting to lean into NIL culture a whole lot. They're just absolutely getting obliterated with recruiting because yeah. that is going to be the future. Unfortunately, Auburn is on the forefront of that, maybe not the the best they could be, but they're definitely far from the worst. And it's just, that's what it's got to keep going. But, you know, fans ride that stuff really high on the emotions of it. And then there was a major low point of it. Now I'm hoping basketball will kind of get everybody psyche up for everything. So I think they're going to be good. And you're kind of looking at the SEC and basketball as the teams you thought would be good are struggling a little bit. So this could be a great time for Auburn. We were recording this before the Virginia tech game. So hopefully when this comes out afterward, there is a victory there to feel even better about that. And if not a, Bruce and the boys will bounce back, but it's, it's tough. And, and to go in the rearview mirror, I, I've, I quit listening to podcasts this week. Cause I just couldn't, I, I just couldn't stand to hear people just continue to talk about the hour ball. I want to I was, I was there. I hit my threshold of like, all right, I'm done. I can't deal with it anymore. And I got to know there's a lot of people who have a very similar sentiment and to hear it's like, okay, as I said earlier, what happened happened. There is a page and there's a process, and this is going to sound kind of bad, but like for Auburn to get better, I think everybody has to take their emotions out of it. That is the fans, that is the staff, that is the players, and just kind of get the business, get the work, get the hat on, get the hype, and just do what we've got to do moving forward. And I know that's kind of crazy, but I think that energy really is contagious. And I know it sounds very odd to think that, well, you know, it's a fan. What it, what, what is how I feel matter? I think it starts – I, I think they really feed off each other. I think the coaches and the players and the staff, how they're conducting things, go to the fans. And I really do think the fans' energy and how they're responding to that and their hype can go to the players. And if you don't believe that, just look what happened in New Mexico State in the Iron Bowl. The stadium was dead with the – fans it was dead with the players and they lost a game they had no business losing to and <clears throat> it was absolutely electric and on fire during the iron bowl and they really multiple different ways had a chance to beat a team they had no business beating so 
that's that's kind of my take on just where the season ended and where they got to go to move forward. Because, I mean, as you said, there is good things happening. This is going to be a wild freaking month for them. But it, you can't dwell and you can't go down. And as I said earlier, just the last few years had been so hard. And, and I was also kind of mentioned in the honeymoon phase. And you kind of said it, too. I think we had different. I think other people had different opinions. But I think it's safe to say the honeymoon phase is over. I mean, this is the real deal here. Team, it's not it's not a Gus Malzahn team of destiny style deal. This is going to be a real process. This is going to be a real rebuild. When you pour the foundation of concrete, it takes time to dry, and then it takes time to build up from there. And that's where Auburn is. And I think that's just where people got to kind of get their head right. And I'm not trying to be one of those all oh, just trust that it's coming. It's coming. You got to wait and see. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not going to blindly believe. I'm not going to blindly follow. But you got to kind of look at the signs. And understand that those signs in the right way lead to the right direction. And Andrew, I think you even mentioned, too, what's happening with the guys that got coming in, the portal, the staff. And there's going to be a lot of things that happen this month. But I, I guess my plea and my cry is this is time to just put this season behind us. Don't dwell on what should have happened, what could have happened. And I want to. Don't get me wrong, Andrew. I want to so bad. And then you want to go to the season before and the season before that, before that next thing you know, you're back at 2017 looking back and be like, this is now supposed to be. I mean, this is literally the first time Auburn has lost four iron bowls in a row since bear Bryant. This is the, the seniors at Auburn this year, student wise, they have not seen a victory over Alabama or Georgia their entire time there. Like that is, that is brutal. And I, I feel for those students and I feel for those fans that there was a domino effect of bad decision-making decisions made dating back to Stephen Leith that we're still paying the price for today. But I think finally, and tell me your thoughts on this, I think finally we can bury the consequences of those pretty much starting right now and actually start really, okay, that's all in the past. We can actually start building the right direction. Do you agree or disagree? I agree. I just think with you, you have to move on past what happened. You know, Auburn hasn't beaten Georgia and Alabama in, in you know, so many years because they haven't recruited with them in so many years. Getting rid of Gus, I get the move. I do. I'm not I'm not saying they shouldn't have gotten, they should not have gotten rid of Gus, but you know, ever since that happened we have been behind the eight ball when it comes to those two programs. And I think you have the guy who's proven he can beat Nick Saban, proven he can do it, and should have beat him this year, flat out. I mean, that was – we're not going to get into it, but should have beat him this year. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I look, the way I break this down in my head, like, you've got to let it go and you got to say, okay, they are starting – no one's going to recruit and this is something we need to remember too. No one's going to recruit with Bama and Georgia. You have to recruit close to Bama and Georgia. You have to be, if they're, you know, with Ohio State mixed in and Michigan and Clemson, they're they're going to be top five every year. You got to be seventh. That's how you have a shot. Now, it's not to say it, you it, can't out, out recruit them <laughs> once or twice. Right. It, but you see, if you are, yeah, if they're top five and you're, seven six five range yourself the gap right there is close enough from a talent perspective yeah. to say okay we can now out coach them 
That's what I'm they saying. They might got guys they might got guys a little bit better than us, maybe in some positions a lot better. They're gonna have more NFL future guys on this team, but our guys are still pretty dang good too, enough to where we can outcoach them. And then if we can start chipping away some victories on them, then we can actually use that momentum and then we're recruiting right up there with them. And that's that's, that's where the gap has got to that's where the gap's got to be at here. And hey, you know what? Call it for what it is. Saban's not going to be there much longer now. Kirby Smart's going to be yeah. a problem for a while. But you know, with who knows with the SEC schedule changing every other year, you might not have to play Georgia as often as you did. And I know that stinks, and I love the rivalry, and we'll miss it. But if we're looking just for business and getting the playoff, like there is momentum that they can carry into and. If it does happen, you have more piety and you have more equality when it comes to recruiting. Because for a while, I mean, what really happened with the Bama dynasty and its peak under Saban is they were just handpicking whoever they wanted nationally. And there wasn't really – there was a massive gap between first and second there from the better part of 09 to around 2015. And then once Georgia started, you know, Clemson had a thorn in their side and that Georgia kind of rose up in prominence. But then you got this just really boring time of all right, playoffs can be Alabama, Michigan, Clemson, and then like you know some wild card team, and it was or Ohio State, and you know one of the two of them, and it was just like that's just when there's just like a top four and everybody else, like the sport suffers greatly, and you can kind of go back to the BCS talks of was the BCS better than we thought it was at the time, but before I get too far off on that tangent there keeping it focused on what we were saying is Auburn and other teams having better odds when it comes to recruiting what's on the field and this and that or another, it's better for the college. It's better for college football. The super team era of the 2010s and all sports just sucked. It was cool for a year, but once it really rolled on, it was like, this isn't fun anymore. And I think with a lot of things that they're doing, we're going to see the end of that. And there's going to be this power there's going to be a there's going to be a void, especially with expanded playoffs. That somebody's got to fill that, and the timing of this stuff is going to be very important. And I could just bang my head against the wall and rant about this, but Auburn has had the opportunity to do that stuff before. I mean, they won a national championship in 2010. There's no reason that they should have not had that momentum rolling. They went back in 2013, didn't capitalize on that either. With the momentum they had after the 04 season, then in 08, they're not making a bowl. 07 was a bad year. It was just – they were back in decisions, and unfortunately, if we go back to the root of this, a lot of that is because – and this is somebody who can be debated all through the offseason – Auburn missed on key players. Maybe it was a quarterback they thought would be good. Maybe it was a wide receiver, too, they thought. Maybe it was some weakness on defense or whatever. But <clears throat> it was bad evaluation and or bad development. And that happened to Auburn multiple different times because Auburn did not have good roster management, even dating back to the end of Tuberville's years. And it just hadn't been consistent since. And if that is something Hugh Freeze can do with all the other resources that Auburn has, and if they time it right, the next thing you know, Auburn can actually do something that they haven't done in decades is just be consistent year after year after year and build and stack and have a roster with depth. Cause that's always been the thing with Auburn's like, oh, their starters are good, but ooh, they're, you know, they got nothing after that. So, and I think we saw that this year immensely. If they can do yeah. it right next year, it's, 
gonna it's gonna change things for him. Yeah, I mean, you talk about talent valuation. I mean, you remember the the Jeremy Johnson years and the Sean White years. It's a great example there. But I mean, I um, I just I talk about this a lot with, with the Texas A and M side of things for you know the my, the podcast too for A and M, and I think it, it it relates to this and the fact that I talk about Texas A and M has had the talent, they haven't had the coach. I think that Auburn now has the coach who can get the talent and develop the talent. I just think this is year one. People, you know, mm-hmm. we're fans. I mean, here's the deal. And once again, like I'm like telling fans what to do and what not to do. I do everything I'm telling you not to do. Like, you know, that's what we do, <laughs> fans. Like, um, and so, you know, we want – I want now. Like, that Iron Bowl loss, and I'm not going to harp on it, but, like, that hurts. It hurt. It hurts us. I mean, this is our – we. You, I, I had to wake up and go to work the next day. Like, no, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's, what, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like this affects people. We all want this to turn over quick. I believe it's going to. I just think you have to give Hugh Freeze time to get his guy, to get his quarterback. Walker White is his quarterback. He handpicked out. I remember there were a couple guys ranked higher than Walker White that Hugh Freeze was looking at, but he picked Walker White, and he said, I want you. You are my quarterback, and he got him. Picked him from, from Clemson, too. Yeah, So it's exactly. not – I mean, Clemson's had a good – Clemson's had a pretty good track record of quarterbacks over the years. Exactly. So if Clemson's looking at you, then that's probably a good sign. It's not like they handpicked him out from – they beat out Tulane for him or something. Exactly. <laughs> and that's and that's what I'm getting at is I think that Hugh Freeze has his quarterback. He has a really talented receiver coming in, a, a plethora of them, and then potentially Cam Coleman coming in. You've got talented guys on the defensive side of the ball. I, I, I think there's a realistic chance that you see that jump next season, a couple more wins, and then second year. I talk about when you have talented freshmen coming in, what's important is the second year. It's not often – Freshmen come in and dominate. You know, we just don't see it a ton. I mean, you know, Keldrick Falk, I thought kind of – he's a great example. He came on at the end of the year, but start the year he was really a non – not a non-factor, but he wasn't doing a ton. He's a true he got he's a used true to freshman, college yeah. football and looked good. Um, and, and that's what I'm getting at. I, so, a Perry Thompson, Walker White, you're not – I don't think you're going to see those guys. Perry Thompson, you might – Receivers a position that there's a, a you know a higher likelihood of of getting in there and playing good than like offensive line or linebacker or defensive line because you know I think it's more natural. Same with running back, but you know I think that the the second year of of this of this recruiting class could be special, especially if you get a Cam Coleman, you have a Perry Thompson, Walker White is your starter that year. Um, some of these uh, defensive backs you're recruiting. This team can be special, but I think it might be one more year. I think next year you could look at eight and four. And I eight and four. Like if I could tell you this, memes, if I if I could tell you this right now, I would you buy this? If I if I'm selling you, Auburn's gonna go eight and four next year. But then the year after that could be something uh incredibly special with the talent being in their second year. Would you would you be interested in that? Would you buy that? Well, here, here's what I want to see. No, 100%. Because right now, yeah. the 2025 class is, I think, by most sites, sitting about number five nationally. Yeah. They're doing some work on that class. And if they can continue that momentum going, and obviously there's going to be – it's early, so there's going to be guys and rankings in that class. They'll, they will be 
be guys who reevaluated this and that. So it, it's early, but if they can keep that class top 10, and I don't, I'll even give you this. I'll say if they can keep that class top eight, you're feeling really good. If they if they ended top five at five, oh man, I'm feeling really good. So let's just say you have that between five, between eight and five for that recruiting class of 2025. You get some guys next year who are freshmen and you know play, but kind of like Falk, they played most of the year, but maybe not just they lit it up. But you're like, ooh, I can see them taking a big leap year two, including Falk taking that leap year two. You give me eight wins with guys that I feel are really gonna make an impact in 2025 plus a big class there. I, I then saying, you know what, year three. Get a lot of that offseason chatter for what Auburn's doing. Now, the one thing I do want to see in that in that eight and that eight win team is I don't want to lose to somebody you have no business losing to, like a New Mexico State. Now, if you lose to a point, you know, if you're a three point favorite, I'm not talking about that. If you were losing to a team that you are a seven and a half or above point favorite to beat, then I got a problem. But if you're under seven points, you lose. That's basically a 50 50 game. Can't lose any of those. Definitely not losing a group of five. But I want to beat a team that Auburn didn't have any business beating. Yeah, yeah, I was going to. Really you need say to beat. A, you, you need to beat a highly ranked team. It can be maybe Ole Miss is on fire. Maybe Oklahoma's on fire. Uh, I don't. They don't play Ole Miss next year, do they? I need to look at so, the schedule again. I was just thinking that. I was like, who do we even play next year? I haven't really. They, maybe maybe Missouri side. If they continue, maybe Missouri side. You beat. I know they play Missouri. Hot Missouri on the road. Uh, you Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma. You beat one of those teams. I think Oklahoma at being at home is probably the the lowest hanging fruit. Yeah. Give me eight and four with a victory over Oklahoma. I'm feeling pretty hot about that. And if you do lose to like a good Missouri team, they better be you know top fifteen. I'll 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 sleep at night with that one if they're what they were this year. But don't lose the Missouri team what they were like last year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think they play. Uh, I think they play a And M again. Auburn does so. See, um, I think AM would be at home this time. So who knows what AM will look like next year? They'll still probably have a heaps of talent, assuming Wegman's back and at it again. That's gonna be a really good game. So yeah, give me that. I, I'm buying that hundred percent. If you can get eight wins next year and eight solid wins, that offense, a quarterback that's getting more than sixteen hundred yards and all these other things, I I'm buying that for sure. I I don't even have a counter offer for you. I'll take it. Give me yeah. momentum to make me feel like 2025 is going to be a big year. I don't want to be going into 2025 and saying, "Ooh, is is Hugh Freeze going to be coaching for his job this upcoming season?" That is the worst case scenario. That's what I'm saying. Keep recruiting at a high level next season. Prove, uh, prove. You know. Your coordinators are the right guys. Prove everything is the right fit. Win some football games. Don't lose to someone you're not supposed to lose to. Beat someone you're supposed you're not supposed to beat. Go eight and four. Win your ball game, and let's be excited about 2025. So, I mean, I, I think that is so doable. So doable. Yep. Yep. And I'll just tell folks, you know, emotionally, as hard as it is, because you want to dwell on it, you want to think about it. Just <clears throat> put the season in the rearview mirror. Focus on basketball. Don't look at the memes. Don't look at the post online about all this fourth and 41 crap or New Mexico State or anything. None of that. Just it's behind us now. Rebuilding. That's just the last hangover of this junk in this, as I said, this rut that Auburn's been in. They're climbing out of it. 
So we're going to include it there. I do want to thank our show sponsor, as always, Opelika Rage Room, located outside of downtown Opelika. It is Christmas time, which means end-of-the-year parties. Hopefully basketball season does not give you a reason to want to go bash some stuff. I don't think they will. I'm bullish on the basketball team. But I will just say this. Hey, everybody who's listening probably has got a job. If you're in the Birmingham or the Opelika area, Looking for one of those team-building end-of-the-year parties? You're sick of the old, boring stuff? Trip to the Rage Room is a very popular end-of-the-year activity, Andrew. Just letting you know. You should tell the Auburn Daily team that's what you want to do. Go pay them a visit. Great time. And as always, thank you to them for sponsoring this episode. Andrew, I think we're about to close it off. Did you have any final thoughts for the people on the 20 – turning the page of the 2023 season? No. Uh, I mean – Kenneth Walker's doubtful for Thursday night football, so that's hurtful to my fantasy team. But when it comes to Auburn, um, no. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a bright future coming. I know it hurts right now. I know that there's a lot of pain from these last two weeks. It hurts me. We're we're both right there with you. We get it. But I I just am really drinking the Kool-Aid on there. There's a bright future ahead for this football program. We just got to trust the process, and things are going to look a lot better down the road. And I think we're going to be back competing for national championships and SEC championships before you close your eyes and open them. Yep. And that's where I'm at as well. I want to thank Andrew for being on. Uh, Andrew, if you want to give a quick plug, tell everybody where to check out what you've got going on. Yeah, check out uh, check us out at Auburn Daily. Uh, lots of great stuff. Lots of great people working hard over there. Um, so check us out. Really appreciate it. Um, that's, that's how you can check out everything I got going on. Appreciate it. Yep, support Andrew, support the staff at AuburnDaily.com. It's your host, Alex, better known on the socials, at Auburn Memes. So you can check me out. And, of course, thank you, everybody, who made it this far for supporting the show. We'll be back at you with forward-facing content. Uh, we are going to be bringing on uh, Friday's episode. is going to be about talking about all the big expectations of December with signing day, portal season, bowl game, all that. Tons of good content. And as always, Andrew, thank you for coming on. We look forward to uh, jumping on next week. And so much goes on this time of year. We have, like, no clue what we may even having to talk about. I think Transfer Portal season, as you kind of said, is about to be our new favorite season moving forward. So I'm going to be uh, – I'm going to guess that that might just be some of the stuff we're going to be talking about here over the next few weeks for sure. And, look, if it's happening – I think we're all going to be feeling good about it. I don't think we're going to be like, oh, man, I can't believe they're bringing in a terrible class of transfers. Absolutely not. I think we're bringing in some awesome guys. So, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. And, of course, Andrew, thanks for coming on. And that's going to do it for today's episode.